slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, and welcome to the New Year's Eve edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have got plenty to talk about. The all-star team selections listed. One Islander made it, and it's not a big surprise. We'll break that down and talk about maybe who else belonged. We'll talk a little bit about Anthony Beauvillier's attempts at meeting a celebrity actress and how that's going with his uh, Twitter account and the way some people are sort of trying to act as his wingman, will preview the big showdown later today, actually this afternoon, against the Capitals as the first-place Caps meet the second-place Islanders in a battle, big battle, in the Metropolitan Division, and we'll look back at a big game for one Pat LaFontaine on this date in Islanders history. Lots to talk about before we get started. As always, if you want to Make a comment, ask a question, or have a topic that you would like us to talk about. You can email the show. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Send us your questions, your comments. Leave your name, where you're from, and we'll be happy to read your comment on the air and talk about whatever it is that is on your mind with regard to the New York Islanders. You could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. So uh, please <clears throat> follow along and we'll keep you up to date on all things New York Islanders. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a review and a comment on your podcatcher of choice. It does help other people find the show and it's always good to grow the Locked On Islanders family. All right, let's start off with the all-star game uh, selections. No surprise, the Islanders' lone representative, Matthew Barzal, uh, leading the team in goals with 16, leading the team in points with 33, and as of right now, also 17 assists is first on the Islanders. He also has a plus 10 rating, which is tops on the team. And overall, just really doing a lot of good for this Islanders team. Two game-winning goals. Six of his 33 points have come on the power play. And look, Barzal is, if you're going to pick one Islander right now to represent this team in the All-Star game, I I think Barzal is the guy. And if you look at it, uh, there are, you know, 15 teams uh, in the Eastern Conference, and you need to have at least one player from each team on that all-star selection. Uh, nobody from the Islanders, you know, going to get voted in by the fans, and so 
it, realistically, you're getting one, maybe two. Who else might you consider? Do you want to go with Brock Nelson? Uh, you know, only four fewer points right now than Barzal. Uh, certainly also effective on the power play. More game-winning goals. 13 goals, 29 points, a plus four. Yeah, you could make a case for him, but it's tough uh, with so many talented players in the uh, Eastern Conference and in the Metropolitan Division. And then you might be able to make a case for Simeon Varlamov. Uh, but again, with all the teams in each division, uh, as you break it down, tough to add too many players from any one team. The fact that Varlamov and Grice really split time 50-50 for a good portion of the season is probably the thing that is working against Tomas Grice, uh, excuse me, Simeon Varlamov more than anything. You look at the numbers overall, 13-3-3 uh, three, and three on the season, 13 wins, 3 losses, 3 overtime losses, a solid 9-2-0 save percentage, 2.40 goals against average, and the one shutout. But, you know, those are very good numbers, but they're not elite, like, this guy has to be on the team kind of numbers. I think that worked against him. Varlamov may be named as an injury substitute. That is a distinct possibility. It's not like he hasn't earned the respect of, you know, players around the league and coaches around the league for the job he's done. But, I, I think had Varlamov started, let's say, you know, 25 out of the 37 games for the Islanders so far this year, and even had relatively similar statistics, that would have boosted his candidacy. The Islanders are the number one team in the league still in goals against average, and that means Varlamov certainly deserves consideration. But here's the other thing. The Islanders are a team without superstars. And I don't think that's a problem. I mean, Varlamov and Grice, very good goalies, but not, you know, not the second coming of Jacques Plante or, or Dominic Hasek. They're very good goalies, but they're not, you know, one of the top two or three goalies in the league where you say, hey, this guy must be on the all-star team. Uh... Look, a lot of Islanders right now, six Islanders, have 20 or more points. Derek Broussard, Anthony Bavillier, Anders, Anders Lee, Josh Bailey, Brock Nelson, and Matthew Barzal, all with 20 or more points. Barzal, the only one over the 30-point mark at this point. But I just don't see this situation. There are no guys in this group who stand out head and shoulders above where you say, hey, yeah, Barzal is there, but we also really must take, you know, Nelson or Lee or or Bavillier or Varlamov. There are some really good players. They are, this is a solid team top to bottom, but they are more of a team than a superstar and a bunch of role players. Maybe they were more that way back in the height of the John Tavares era, but overall, right now, they win and lose as a team. They have to have all 18 skaters that dress for a game and the goalie, you know, playing well together if they're going to win hockey games 
and they win hockey games three to two, two to one, uh, you know, that kind of thing. That's the way they have to do it, and I think that that is not a problem, but it hurts them come all-star team selection time because all-star teams really are made around star players, and the Islanders, they have a lot of very good players, but not a lot of stars, at least not yet. So congratulations to Matthew Barzal. He certainly earned his place on the All-Star team, and we'll keep you posted if anyone else is named as an injury substitute. All-Star game coming up uh, in January uh, in St. Louis, and we will certainly enjoy that as we do every year. All right, we are going to take a little break. When we come back, we will have this date in Islanders history. We'll talk a little bit about Anthony Beauvillier's very public wooing of a uh, a well-known actress on Twitter. And uh, we will, of course, preview today's game against the Washington Capitals. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so certainly uh, a lot of Islander fans very well aware of what's been going on in the Twitterverse with regard to Anthony Bavillier and actress Anna Kendrick. It's, it's been a fun and humorous situation, to say the least. Uh, Bavillier sending a simple tweet at Anna Kendrick, the uh, actress, uh, just simply saying hi, and then all of a sudden, a lot of friends uh, basically coming in and supporting uh, Bavillier. Uh, one Twitter user, he dog sat for the entire animal shelter last week, a real one for sure. Uh, another user uh, named Chris Genovese wrote, thanks for performing open heart surgery on me, man. I really appreciate it. Another user, uh, hey man, thanks for letting me use your gear during that fundraiser you held for the animal shelter to save puppies. So all of a sudden, everybody's trying to be uh, the wingman for Anthony Bavillier, trying to impress Anna Kendrick, and, uh, well, the actress finally did reply a couple of days ago, uh, and her reply basically simple. She writes, these replies, and, and basically that's all the people who have been sort of trying to puff up Bovillier, some of them humorous, some of them a little bit more realistic, but Anna Kendrick tweets, uh, these replies have been my entertainment for the last two days. Thank you all for re- regaling me with the true tales of this man's heroism. No other comments as of now. The big question whether or not Bovillier and Kendrick will ever actually get to meet and or go on a date. Islander fans certainly holding their breath and uh, look, it, this is fun, you know, uh, Sort of more of a page six kind of a thing than a the hardcore hockey thing. But how could you not root for Bo in, in, under these circumstances? Bavillier, you know, younger significantly than Kendrick. Uh, but look, a lot of actresses and singers have had successful relationships over the years with hockey players. And it'll be interesting to see... Uh, whether or not Kendrick and Beauvillier ever actually do meet or date or or if it just remains one of those humorous things that's out there and uh, has people talking as far as celebrity news. We will keep you posted here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. 
of all things Beauvillier and Kendrick, uh, no matter what direction they actually go in. Wanted to just talk a little bit about uh, Sunday's game in Minnesota and how important it was. Not so much that the Islanders played uh, you know, such a solid third period especially and were able to uh, win the game after trailing one nothing after 40 minutes. That was good. That was important. But I think the better thing about Sunday's game was th- that not only did the Islanders win, but they played your signature Islanders kind of a game. And that's what this team had been lacking over the course of the five-game mini-slump, the 1-3-1 and mini-slump. You know, giving up so many goals during that five-game period, very uncharacteristic of this Islanders team. So the fact that they were able to rally, the fact that they were able to play their game, hold Minnesota to just one goal, to kill a few important penalty, uh, you know, power plays off, and to limit the opportunities that the Minnesota Wild had when push came to shove. I think that was the most encouraging thing. They played Islanders hockey, and that's what they were getting away from during this slump, sort of playing against their identity, and you just don't want to see that. The Islanders are a team that needs to play defense first to win. You look at the numbers straight up. Islanders, 24th in the league in goals scored, first in goals against. That means, offensively, they are not a playoff caliber team as far as just straight offense. If the top 16 teams in the league are going to make the playoffs and you're 24th, you don't have one of the elite offenses in this league. Defensively, the Islanders are first in the league. And look, when you're 24th, you're not going to win a lot of games, uh, basically, by a score of 6-5. to You're just not. And if you're giving up 7 goals, 5 goals, 8 goals, whatever the case may be, the odds of you winning with the 24th-ranked offense are very slim. Now, we've talked a few times on this show about the offense and what the Islanders need to do to kind of beef it up a little bit. And one of the things that, you know, we've talked about is maybe trying to get some help from within rather than going outside the organization, making a big trade that costs either players or draft picks or cap space. Uh, and, And very often you bring in somebody else's problems. But here... One player who has been particularly playing well uh, lately is former first-round pick Kiefer Bellows. And we've talked about him on our weekly farm report, which, of course, will be on tomorrow's show as usual. But with the farm report, with Bellows, you know, he's all of a sudden finding himself down at Bridgeport and going through a, a, a hot streak, putting the puck in the net, He's a power forward. He's kind of a a guy who uses his size and uses his uh, ability to get down low and and disrupt goalies and get tips and rebounds, has a good shot, uses his strength and size to create scoring chances. And I think you got to remember, power forwards, generally speaking, take a little longer to mature 
and to come into their own because their body physically needs to catch up to their skill set when it comes to playing at the NHL level. You could be a power forward in junior hockey without being as physically imposing as you need to be, as strong, as big as you need to be, to be a power forward in the NHL or even at the AHL level. And Bellows has made that adjustment from college to the AHL. And now maybe, just maybe, uh, pretty soon if he continues to play as well as he does, Kiefer Bellows may be an interesting addition who may be able to help this Islanders offense improve. All right. We will take a little break. When we come back, we'll talk about this date in Islanders history and preview today's big game against the Washington Capitals, first place against second place in the Metropolitan Division. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Okay, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to New Year's Eve, December 31st, 1989. Basically, 30 years ago today, Islanders at the odd in Buffalo to take on the Sabres. The goaltenders, Mark Fitzpatrick for the Islanders. Darren Poopa in net for the Sabres. And Buffalo breaks on top first. Rick Vave, his 18th goal of the year from Alexander Mogilny and Christian Rutu at 7.06. And it's one to nothing Buffalo early on in the first period. But later in the period, Pat LaFontaine gets the Islanders even up his 31st goal of the season. Jeff Norton and Randy Wood with the helpers. And at 14.04, the game all nodded at one. That's how it was after 20 minutes. In the second period, LaFontaine goes to work again. 5.48 into the second session. His 32nd goal of the year, Derek King with the lone assist, and the Islanders led 2-1. to one. But a minute and a half later, the Islanders add to their lead. Yari Grandstrand, his first of the year from Brent Sutter at 7.10, and it was 3-1 to one Islanders, and things looking fairly, you know, bleak for Buffalo, but the Sabres managed to get back into the game late in the second period. Scott O'Neill, his 11th from future Islander Benoit Hogue at 18.04. And after two periods, the Islanders clinging to that 3-2 lead. The third period was a tough one for the Islanders. Uh, Alan Kerr went off for interference, giving Buffalo a big power play opportunity but Fitzpatrick manages to shine on the penalty kill, and the Islanders successfully hold on to that one-goal lead. And then, with 4.05 left in regulation, LaFontaine completes the hat trick, his 33rd of the year from Derek King and Alan Kerr. Time of the goal, 15.55, and the Islanders go on to a 4-2 win in Buffalo. 38 saves. For Mark Fitzpatrick, Islanders outshot 40-30, to 30, but they still managed to win. Lots of future Islanders, by the way, in this game for Buffalo. Benoit Hogue, Uwe Krupp, and of course, Pierre Turgeon, all on the ice for Buffalo. They would later play for the Islanders. As far as the Isles are concerned, LaFontaine with the hat trick. He also led the Isles with six shots on goal. Two assists for Derek King. 
he is the only other multi-point uh, producer in this contest. As for the plus-minus, Grandstrand, LaFontaine, Jeff Norton, and Randy Wood were all plus-two in this game. But again, Fitzpatrick, 38 saves and 40 shots to earn the victory. Islanders beat the Sabres in Buffalo 4-2 on this date in Islanders history, December 31st, 1989, and the big effort from Pat LaFontaine. Alright, so big game this afternoon for the Islanders, a 1 o'clock New Year's Eve day start in Washington, Islanders and Capitals. You look at the standings right now, tells you all you need to know. Washington, first place in the Metropolitan Division, 30, uh, 40 games played, 27-8-5, 59 points. The Islanders, eight points behind Washington, but three games in hand. And this is one of those four-point games. You win it, and you're six points behind. You lose it, and you're ten points back, and you'll still have those three games in hand. Islanders, 24-10-3, 51 points, but here's where it gets a little crazy. Pittsburgh, one point behind the Islanders. Islanders with one game in hand. Philadelphia, two points behind the Islanders. Islanders with two games in hand. And Carolina, three points back. And the Islanders, again, two games in hand on the Hurricanes. So this is uh, one of those situations where the Islanders can get a little separation from the second, third, and fourth, uh, excuse me, third, fourth, and fifth place teams in the division and get closer to the Capitals with a regulation win, or they can fall back to the pack and Washington can open up a double-digit point lead uh, over the Islanders as we get closer to the halfway mark of the season. These two teams already met once. It was back on October 4th, home game for the Islanders. Capitals winning that one 2-1. to one. This is the second of four meetings between these two teams and the first of two in Washington. You look at the Capitals, and this is going to be one of those meetings. Capitals right now, second in the league in goals scored. Islanders, as we mentioned, first in goals against, and that's going to be the key matchup. Goaltenders, the starter, Braden Holtby, he is 17-6-4 on the season. 295 goals against average, 904 save percentage. That's, you know, decent numbers, but not outstanding. Ilya Samsonov is the backup goalie. He is 10-2-1 with a 2-2-8 goals against average and a 9-18 save percentage. So Samsonov actually has better numbers than Holtby. But the firepower is what you look at when you look at the Washington Capitals. John Carlson, 37 assists. 50 points, a plus 18, and boy, does he work the puck on the power play. 15 points, including 13 assists with the extra attacker. Obviously, you got to look at the great eight, Alex Ovechkin, 24 goals to lead the team, 38 points, and nine power play goals to pace the team. TJ Oshie with seven power play goals. And he has 15 scores on the year. You still have Nicholas Backstrom with 21 assists. Evgeny Kuznetsov, 35 points on the year. Uh, Jacob Verana, 31 points. A lot of talent on this team. And then there's old Islanders bugaboo, Tom Wilson, 
who has 12 goals and 26 points so far this season. The power play, 11th in the league. You might expect them to be a little bit higher, but a 21.6% success rate. Penalty kill, however, is second. And that is important. The Islanders going to have a hard time getting some power play goals going against this team. Now, you look at the injuries, two key players out, Christian Juice and TJ Oshie, they're both on the IR, and uh, that is important, obviously, for Washington to be without those players. You look at the lineup, Backstrom centering that first line with Ovechkin and Wilson on his wings. Kuznetsov is the second line center with Verana and Richard Panic on either side of him. Lars Eller, a reliable third line center. And ex-Ranger Carl Haglin and Travis Boyd are his wings. And then Nick Dowd centers the fourth line with Brandon Leipzig and Garnett Hathaway flanking him. Uh, John Carlson, as we mentioned, the key puck-moving defenseman. Jonas uh, Sigenthaler is his partner on the first pairing. Dmitry Orlov and Nick Jensen are the second defensive pairing. And Michael Kempney and Radko Gudis are the third defensive pairing. So, a lot of talent. Big game coming up for the Islanders. And the key in this one is, can the Islanders keep the Capitals' high-powered offense off the board. That is going to be, realistically, the key. Uh, Interesting stat, by the way. John Carlson, as we mentioned, first in this team in points. 13 goals on the season, two of them coming on the power play, but almost half of his goals, six out of the 13, are game winners. So he is a clutch player and a guy the Islanders will have to find a way to slow down. We will break down this game tomorrow, have a full analysis of it, along with a lot of other important information. We'll have the farm report, we'll have this date in Islanders history, and we'll update you on the latest Bavillier and uh, and Kendrick news and anything else. Islanders, thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.